Welcome to the Art of Relationships podcast. I'm Chris Grace. And I'm Tim Yoha. And we're here to talk about all things relationships. And so, Tim, one of the things that we have heard from couples and want to talk about, we have some stuff on our website, cmr.biola.edu, but it's about finances and the role that plays, money in general, how we spend, how we save, one's a saver, one's a spender, and the impact this has on relationships. So we can talk about that today, I think, in this podcast, the stress that money, finances, and our perceptions and what money means to people and to couples in particular. So what do you think? Should we talk about it? Yeah, sounds great. And we know that not everybody's in the same boat. Uh, For some people, there's financial stress. For other people, this is a crisis situation. And so we want to recognize that there are different levels of concern about finances based on your economic situation. But here are some general principles that we hope will cut across every situation, broad principles. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, you and Elisa, uh, is one a saver and a spender? How does that break down? Yeah, oh, no doubt. Uh, we both save initially, uh, but I save with a different end goal in mind. My reason to save is so that one day we will have a savings account and it will be uh, there yeah. in an emergency. I think Elisa has always thought of saving as a way to wait and save until she can buy something at Ah. the end of the year at that special time to then spend that savings. And so our biggest difference is, (laughs) wait, you want to spend this? So, And I want to hold on to it in a way. And I think there's a little bit of unhealth on both sides that we had to really navigate. Because, Tim, here's the thing. Spending for us this was more than just money, man. I think when it comes to finances, it's about what it meant to us. Oh, that's and good. until yeah. we figured out what many money meant to yeah. us, we were struggling. We just go round and round and round on this because she would want to buy something after saving all year. And I would say, no, it's time to keep saving it. Oh, and so good. we struggled. But biggest challenge to our marriage, Amazon Prime. <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> is God's gift to a fallen world, Chris. And I love it. Mike, it's one click. The history of Yiddish sheep herders. Who knows if it'll be there tomorrow, Chris? One click, free shipping. And Maureen is like, honey, guess what? Another package came from Amazon today. But I'm I'm so you're oh my word, the kids knew that growing up. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go shopping with dad. (laughs) And uh, so that we had to work that out. And we almost didn't get married because of this. Uh Maureen asked such an intrusive question when we got engaged. Uh She said, What do you have in your bank account? (laughs) I was like, you know, I have a graphite tennis racket. That is just awesome, man. It really improved my backhand. So no, she's Noreen is very much a saver and she thinks long-term. So it's yeah. not just saving up for an, an event. It yeah. is like, hey, we need to really think about it. retirement. I'm like, yeah. think about retirement. Yeah. So we have had to struggle with that and how to talk about it. Yeah, I, you know, and I think even with uh, those who are, you know, maybe are, aren't married and they're single and they're living with roommates, I think finances come into play a lot because oh, yeah. one person is late with the rent and yeah. that puts amazing yeah. amount of stress. Or one person was given the rent money, but now they're asking for a little bit of a delay or time. And now the one That's couple right. or per- couple of other roommates are struggling with this one roommate who yeah. constantly is late, who yeah. isn't paying their yeah. half of the bills 
who is always kind of needing to borrow things. And that puts stress on all kinds of relationships. And here, money also means something different to us. So Tim, when you were growing up, your view of money was very much involved in the way you see it today. That is the way you were raised and the reason why you want fun things and to spend probably has a lot to do with some other things that were going on with you. Yeah, we grew up in Detroit. Uh, My dad was a factory worker for General Motors. And I remember uh, General Motors going on strike three different times. And these strikes lasted a long time. And the union would come. uh, We'd wake up in the morning and there'd be food on our doorstep. I remember one instance, my dad, that told me, Uh, about finances more than anything else. We went into Kmart and there were these three rifles. And um, my dad looked at the price um, and said, oh, all three of you can get one. This is great. So we have it. We go up to the front cash register. He has misread the price Mm -hmm. and in fact, can't afford it. We can't even afford one, let alone three. So I'll never forget the look in my dad's eyes when he looked at us and said, hey, we... Yeah, we can't do it. We're like, why? You said we could. Mm-hmm. He said, no, nah, we, we can't. So for me, my bent is if you have money, because who knows if you're always going to have it, mm-hmm. now's the time to spend it because you might not have it. Noreen's opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Hey, things are really tight. We need to really have a nest egg. And my response is, hey, let's let's spend some money now and enjoy it. And you know, it's interesting, Tim, how uh, the similar kinds of backgrounds, and you and I have talked about this, we have very similar backgrounds. I was raised in a in an area that was blue collar, mm-hmm. lower economic standing. Uh, and then in that status, what it ended up happening is without money around oftentimes, you know, my four brothers and I, we knew that, you know, things were tight and things were always going to be this way. And so I just developed this kind of almost, uh, it's not a fear that was that palatable and strong, but mm-hmm. it was a thing that, mm-hmm. you know what, I don't ever want to be in the place where there's nothing yeah. there or we're yeah. going to go hungry. So I'm going to always protect that. And I'm going to always just wait and save for that moment. And um, and so I think what I developed is an unhealthy kind of real, you know, kind of almost relying on the savings account yeah. to, to trust in it. And That's right. if it was gone, I worried and I felt like I wasn't, you know, providing or protecting. And so it's interesting how we can come out of the same circumstances and backgrounds and kind of still have different views about finances. Yeah. So this causes problems for couples all the time. And I think one of the big things that couples need to do is begin to identify what me- money means to them. If it's in a roommate situation and an engagement, mm-hmm. the most important time is to have this conversation when you're not stressed out and freaking key. about it, that right? Have key. this conversation yep. ahead yep. of time and then talk about what does it mean to me? What does money signify? Is this, you know, something that is to be spent and enjoyed that's because right. that's going to go away? Yeah. And if you don't have it and spend it, then it's going to disappear. Or does this mean more like for you, security and safety? And I think if you get to those in the heart of that, you can eventually begin to explore some of the things and your reactions to finances when the struggle really hits, when pressures come in. And that's our very first principle for discussing this. Book of Proverbs says, how good is a timely word? So I I would agree with that point. That applies to a lot of issues as well. When you're in the middle of it, it's hard to have a good productive conversation. So when things are really tight, you're really wondering if you can pay the bills, that might be a really hard time to have it. Mm -hmm. It's better to have it uh, more outside Mm -hmm. of that when you have some buffer time. So we absolutely say you need to talk about sexual intimacy, you need to talk about kids' schedules, you need to talk about finances, but try to find a time when the pressure isn't breathing down your neck. That's the first principle is 
carve out a time to talk about it when you're, you're not moving towards crisis stage. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great principle. Second one is this, and I think this is important. Agree to disagree on this issue. Mm -hmm. um, right. There isn't anything fundamentally right about being a saver or a spender. Mm -hmm. Now, I, obviously, you can be a spender to the mm -hmm. point that you're in deep debt and mm -hmm. it's just irresponsible. I don't think we're talking about that. But... Yeah, so Spender, remember Gottman said, we talk about Gottman a lot, but he said like 67% of all your marital issues will keep happening, mm -hmm. reoccurring. This is one of them mm -hmm. because I'm a spender and Noreen's a saver. And so let's agree to disagree on certain things. But what are the crucial areas that we have to agree on? And that would be things like, can we cover all of our bills? Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. But agree to disagree on some of this, I think, is important. Yeah, I think it's a great principle. So if you are in a roommate situation and you're struggling in this, I think you can say, listen, I, we just see this differently, and that's okay. I think we just have one. We have to agree on some fundamental or foundational yeah, the things. The rent has yeah. to be paid. That's right. We're not going to be late. We have to pay right. for the Good. light bill. We have yeah. to pay for the water. Good. We have to buy groceries. Beyond that, what you do or I do is really, honestly, so long as it's not impacting this kind of foundational fundamental things and decisions, then it's okay to disagree. I think in a marriage situation, yeah, it, it takes some navigating, yeah. right? Because yeah. that 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 line keeps moving. You know, how much do we save? How much do we spend? What do we spend it on? And yeah. we have to be kind of set with that. And it even hits, Chris, um, Noreen and I were in the car driving somewhere and um, we listened to a national survey on dating. And they said, what turns you off when it comes to dating? Number two on the list was the amount of debt you were carrying yeah. perhaps into engagement. So yeah. even for our listeners who are single, yeah. that debt amount is something you want to pay attention to and just say, well, I'll deal with that when I get married. It may actually impact who wants to marry you, I think yeah. is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. And there's good debt and bad debt, right? I mean, yeah. good debt, you know, yeah, right. tuition. And if you, you know, decided to maybe buy a house and, or, or at least there's some kind of debt that makes sense. There's other kind of debt, credit card debt that doesn't bad really debt. doesn't, it's bad debt. Yeah. yeah like 20, um, a part series on Yiddish sheep herders in Lithuania and Romania. <laughs> put you back a couple of Oh, it was grand. huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poster came. It was great though. I loved it. Um, here's, here's another principle. I think this is good and it's hard to apply, but mm. uh, focus on each other's strengths. Yeah. It's great that Noreen is a saver. And uh, we, we, we've really tried to be good about this. And Noreen was a business major. So she loves it. And I, I need to really appreciate that. Noreen appreciates the fact because she's such a good saver. Uh, it's hard for her to pull the trigger and actually spend money. So sometimes Noreen can look at my strength and say, oh, honey, let's do this. Like Noreen's like, boy, it'd be really fun to uh, take this weekend trip. And I don't know if we can. Have oh, honey, come on. We can do it. Let's go do it. It'd be fun to do. Mm -hmm. Again, so recognize each other's strengths. Mm -hmm. um, you balance each out a little bit. And I suppose there could be a marriage of two extreme savers or mm -hmm. two extreme spenders. Mm -hmm. That actually is getting more dicey. Mm -hmm. But it's good to recognize each other's strengths and weaknesses and how we complement each other and kind of... Uh, get rid of the rough edges. I think in, in general, uh, Tim, in any kind of relationship, that kind of insight into the other person really does challenge us to put a perspective and to think about them, to be mindful of their thoughts. And so when you say to have in front of you what the other person uh, might be worried or struggling with can actually be very important to start with. So for me, yeah. I would say, Lisa, I know it's important for you to, to have fun this weekend. And I know yeah. that we talked about going out to this thing. And I just want to know, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous and worried about our savings. But I also believe this is a chance for us 
to, to have fun. And is that kind of what you're feeling and yeah. thinking? And she'll say, yes, Chris, yeah. and I also worry about the savings. And so it's, it's, it's putting the other person's needs and sometimes desires and hopes up there. And then it's a, it's a dual thing that we do, right? And it feeds back. And so we're both, it's incumbent upon both of us to do that. Yeah, that's good. And another principle, and this is, boy, this is a foundational one. Don't just talk numbers, talk values. Yeah. So here, here's the biggest single disagreement Noreen and I have after 26 years of marriage. Um, I will always value time over money. Uh-huh. So Noreen and I both agree that the yard needs to be done, of course, right? We, we have a neighborhood covenant that says, hey, you got to care for your lawn. I will always pay the money to have somebody attend to that rather than me take the time to do that, right? So I remember one time Noreen said to me, uh, can you put the ceiling fan in? Oh, Chris, Chris. <laughs> one, I have no idea how to do it. Two, I'm literally praying for the rapture because that would settle all of this, including not having to put in the ceiling fan. So I'm like, and let's just hire somebody to go do it. Come on, let's, let's do it. No, Tim, come on. We can do this together. It'll be fun. What? Get out of here. Let's hi- so that's always our uh-huh. inclination. Now, we've not always had money to do that, but when we have any buffer money, I'm mm-hmm. always looking at time saved over money spent. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that that came to you as time went on. I mean, this might not have been one of the first things you thought of, but that ultimate value probably became clear to you, right, as as you moved on and thought, you know what, why do you, Tim, why are you always needing to have somebody come do this? Why can't we yeah. do this together? I'm assuming Noreen's value might be togetherness or even saving, yeah. and, and this would provide that kind of thing, and that could be a struggle. And I think it's both. Uh-huh. I think Noreen would enjoy it. She loves, oh, Chris, she loves watching these home improvement shows, flip this house. Oh, a three-part series on grout. It's like, what? <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I think I think as life became more hectic, uh-huh. and here we are. I mean, our kids are playing baseball, our kids are playing football. We're, every weekend is gone, right? It's gone. And, and a bunch of people know what I'm talking about. So then these things need to be done around the house, but I'm tired. And yeah. I'd like to have some time to read. I'd like to, you know, try to write. So for me, I'm always looking at the saving time part. And that's kind of, that's interesting. And nobody's, again, nobody's right, nobody's wrong in this one. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. We can go back to a favorite Psalm of ours, Psalm 139, right? When we know that we are made a certain way and God designed us a certain way, there should be, unless it's to the extreme, listen, we just view this differently, right? Our our way that we view money is kind of built in, and it's almost like something that is hard to reverse, and it doesn't make one right and one wrong, and those values are really what steps out. So that's really important. So you got another principle for us? Yeah, and this is interesting. This is based on a national survey. So the national survey said, uh, with you and your spouse, do you ever suspect that your spouse is lying to you mm-hmm. or being less than truthful? Mm-hmm. So the results of the national study, 25 to 30 35% of Americans admitted to being guilty about lying when it came to finances. Uh-huh. So how much did that coat really cost? Yeah. Um, how much is this for you and the boys going out for a weekend trip? Like, what's this really going to cost? Mm-hmm. And how much was that coat? Mm-hmm. And uh, how much, you know, all this different kind of stuff. So people would just fib. 
they would mm -hmm. tell kind of half-truths on mm -hmm. this issue, which leads into a bunch of other problems. Mm -hmm. So when we do premarital counseling, we force young couples to come up with a budget. We mm -hmm. force them to say, how much money is actually coming in? How much money do you spend on a weekly basis? I want you to count everything for like 10 days, two weeks. And that tells me a little bit about that person. Mm -hmm. Are you really being honest? Are you fudging? Do you always round up or round down? Mm -hmm. So, uh, boy, we need to have truthfulness when it comes to finances. And I would say even truthfulness uh, before you get married, mm -hmm. when a person – I mean, if you're thinking about getting engaged, tell me what you think about this. If you're thinking about getting engaged to a person, I need to know what your debt is, right? Don't you think so? I, I do. I think it's just p part of you're now joining together, not just, you know, your lives, you know, in, in a spiritual – you know, emotional, you know, physical way, but you are also financially now becoming this, you know, new oneness. And in that, I believe honesty, understanding, and going into it with a clear perspective will will just save you heartache. I mean, this is the issue couples argue and struggle with the most. So I think starting off, uh, Tim, as you mentioned, even early stages of a relationship about being clear and honest where you're at, I think it's so important because it provides uh, people a better understanding of what they're getting into and what they're taking on. And that stress can mm -hmm. just get magnified yeah, when really you bring good. together two people that might be, you know, a little bit more of spenders and there might, or in the end, they're dealing mm -hmm. then with some debt that's out there. So, yeah. yeah, I think so. And I think the other thing, Tim, is uh, young people who are really struggling in, in, in certain areas of the country, Southern California is very expensive and other parts of the country are hard to, to make, to move forward. And so there's going to be debt out there and That's it doesn't right. mean it's a, it's a relationship killer. Like, oh no, they're in right, debt. Right. It just simply means you need to go deeper to the value to see, are they prepared and understand to take responsibility? Is this something that's based upon just carefree, you know, they don't really care or is this, is this manageable and understandable? And so there's some good programs and some good people out there, there is, yeah. that can lead and help couples. We talk a lot about some different programs like that. So tell me what you think about this scenario. We have some friends of ours, um, they were gonna get engaged and he, they had the finance question. They mm -hmm. had the conversation. She revealed that she had a lot of credit card debt, mm -hmm. a lot. He said to her, uh, let's take this, let's postpone things for a year. And I would like for you to work down that debt. Mm. And she agreed to it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've often thought about that. Mm. Well, well, oh, so you gave me this weird expression. What, what's wrong with that? Um, well, no, I think it depends. You have to get to the heart and the motive behind. I, I think a lot of this, and and if 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 it's if it's done in the right way, it must have been a lot of debt because it probably it was a scared lot. It was, them, it and, was it, bad. and there might have been some other issues like that. Like this was an opportunity to see how serious, you know, this person's view was, and it might have been a deal breaker for them if they weren't able to do this. Yeah. On the other hand, there could be a time in which. I've heard couples navigate this by saying, listen, we're going to join together in all ways and your debt is now my debt and I'm with you on this and we're going to, you know, we're going to fix this together. It's, it just probably depends upon the other aspects of their relationship and how critical. No, I think was that's this good. one of the key variables or factors? Here's why I liked it. Uh -huh. Here's because I, I say this to engage couples all the time where people are thinking about getting engaged. It doesn't matter what a person says. Mm -hmm. What a person says is completely irrelevant. It's only what they do. So I like the fact, because again, what was she going to say, right? Mm -hmm. This woman was going to say, oh, of course we're going to, I'm going to be disciplined in helping pay down the debt once we get married. Mm -hmm. Well, why not ask? Well, why not start now? Mm -hmm. 
And she's oh no, because I want it, you know, I want that. It's like, well, okay. That, by the way, that's your marriage. You yeah. just saw your marriage. That yeah. attitude's following you in. So there's part, now again, it, it's all about tone and attitude. Mm-hmm. If this was punitive, if the woman feels like you're withholding love towards me because I'm not paying it mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. fast enough. Okay, yeah. I get that. Yeah, there's but, other. But there was mm-hmm. something about it that I thought, you know. Students um, and single people need to know that debt is uh, the racking up. And you said good debt, bad debt. I think that's really important. If you rack up a bunch of bad debt, boy, that's a a character issue in some ways. Yeah. And I think that's something that uh, listeners can really begin to work on now at times. And that is their view and approach towards money, their view and approach toward um, what it means to ultimately earn a living and then what it means to join two people together at some point and do this in a way that does not cause massive problems yeah. later on. And so I think it's a good lesson to start asking questions now. Am I able to save? Am I able to to put into practice some of these good habits now? And so... Yeah, so we have two left. One, uh, last one, second to last. <laughs> Talk about earning the money, not just spending it. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. So... You might have two people, they both work, dual mm-hmm. career family, and one person finds her job to be super stressful, high, high demand. Mm-hmm. So that money she earns comes with great cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, work is a tough place. It's a stressful place. The other person, oh, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. You kidding me? I love it. I get a cup of coffee in the morning. I go off to work. I love working with my hands. This is awesome. It's tough. It's demanding, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Those are two different people at the end of the day. One Mm. feels like, hey, my paycheck came with great emotional cost. Yours, you love your job. I think that just needs to be factored in a little bit to say, and again, we've had to work with this with the kids because Noreen and I go off just like you and Lisa do. We go do marriage conferences. Well, our kids are like, so let me get this straight. You went off this weekend, you stayed in a really nice hotel, and you spoke on marriage. We're like, dude, you need to come with us to one of these conferences, man. It's demanding. It's tiring. Delays in the airport. Couples who have really tough issues and we're giving, 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 giving. And then we come back home and you guys think, oh, mom and dad just kicked back for a weekend. <laughs> I think that's important for people to know. No, this this wears on me. So don't view my money in such a cavalier way that it came at great cost. I think that kind of perspective taking, I think, can be really helpful for couples. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's perspective taking. <laughs> and sometimes we have to recognize that um, the costs may actually be too high and too damaging in a relationship. Yeah. So at some point you might say, all yeah. right, listen, yeah. this is hurting us. And I know it's helping our savings account, but I would rather have nothing, pay off our debts, not be saving that much, but to have a, a home life yeah. that's more peaceful. So maybe a three quarters time position or maybe not working full time, but half time if it's doable. So there are tough mm-hmm. questions that have to be asked depending upon, again, the couple's strengths and also some of the struggles that they may be having. So my father, we, we had a kind of a rocky relationship. He's the one who worked in Detroit as a factory worker, GM. Well, um, between my freshman and sophomore years, I went and worked in his factory, Chris, for three months. Mm-hmm. It was the most backbreaking, uh, dehumanizing stuff I've ever done in my life. I mean, you stand in an assembly line and it was just horrific. It, it was hard and the foreman was just mean and pornography's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so my respect for my dad saying, hey, the, you did this, not because you thought, hey, this is a great job and I just love my job. No, we need to keep the lights on. We need to pay the mortgage, we, right? So my respect for him. So I, I think that's kind of what we're advocating a little bit is, hey, the last one has to do with Christian couples. Yeah. 
Um, the Bible is pretty clear that uh, with wealth comes responsibility. With money comes responsibility. And so I do think couples, and I think this does cut across all economic strata. I'm kind of thinking of the widow that Jesus is observing, right? And she gives all she has. So I do think couples, Christian couples, Christian families, and roommates, right? This Uh would apply to college students as well, to sit down and say, how do I view this money? Is this all my money? And I have all discretion where it goes. Or is part of the reason I have this money is that I, I also need to look around and help those, the disenfranchised. Uh, you know, we get these stories all across the world of people who virtually have absolutely nothing. I, I, would, I would encourage our re- uh, listeners to go to globalrichlist.com and punch in your salary. Even if you're just a college student who works in the summer, I guarantee you the money you make Mm -hmm. is going to put you in the top 10%, 5%, because they're comparing you to workers everywhere in the entire world. Mm -hmm. So with wealth, with money of any kind, God is saying, now, is this this, um, my money or is it just your money? So let me ask you this. Do you guys tithe? Have you ever done that? Mm -hmm. Do you tithe even now to this day? Oh, to this day, yeah. How much can I ask? How much you tithe? Uh, we tithe uh, for us. We picked a number that we felt was important for us, such as ten percent. You know, wow. and uh, giving uh, to a variety of. We spread it out, and so yeah. I think some years we're a little bit better at it, and other years we. Uh, by that, I think we tend to find and wait for those opportunities, but we also have things that we just set aside that certain percent, and then there's a little bit extra that we like to do for as needed basis. But yeah. I got rid of hair products and just <laughs> used that money for the Lord. No, we've always taken a certain amount, not necessarily 10%, but we've always felt like, you know, we were on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. So we, we raised our money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was going to families, churches. Mm-hmm. So we've always had a soft spot for um, people who raise their own support. Mm-hmm. And so we've always felt like a certain amount of our paycheck are going to people who are still, you know, raising support and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, Interesting. It is. And I think that the last point, Tim, that you're making for couples is, and for anybody out there is to recognize that the way we see and view our finances as a gift from God to be used to further his purposes is extremely important. And there are times when we simply need to let control of that go and put it into his hands and say, Lord, use this. This isn't mine. This is what you can do. And if this can further your kingdom, when I help this person, even if it's a meal, even if it's a monthly support to this mission, whatever it is, and we give control of that to him, I think at the end of the day, we're going to find that his purposes are furthered, but our hearts grow closer to him because we grow in more dependence on him. Yeah. Let me, let me close with two quotes. Paul says this, what a fascinating verse. He says, the root of all evil is love of money. Boy, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Think of all the wars that have been fought over money, Mm -hmm. over things like that. Then Corey Ten Boom said this. I thought that was a great quote. She said, money belongs in your wallet, not your heart. I thought that's that's, it, a, that's a great balance. It really is. Yeah. It it shows the value, the perspective, and where we need and how we need to view this very important topic that kind of impacts a lot of people. It does and it's a character review. It reveals it your language, our speech, yep. and money are two huge indicators of what we really care about. Well, Tim, thanks. Uh, These are great principles, and um, we're out of time, but we hope you can come visit us again in uh, future podcasts. We'll keep looking at issues like this and its impact on conflict and 
And also, uh, go to cmr.biola.edu and check out some of the other tools and yeah. resources we have there. Absolutely. Hey, it's been great being with you. Uh, I'm Tim Muehlhoff. I'm Chris Grace. Always great being with you guys. Mm-hmm.